here's your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alex Garrett Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. Whether it be a shoe, a rollerblade, a sock, uh, I wear that piece of clothing proudly. Uh, I was very proud to watch my friend Rene Grown here on Alex Garrett Podcasting be inducted into the... Let me get this right, by the way, because it's a very uh, interesting... Uh, very... Not interesting. It's a, it's a longer name, and it's tough to remember off the top of my head. So let me get it to you right now. Uh, it's the Hispanic Heritage Baseball Museum Hall of Fame. And so... Ray Negron, a leader in the Bronx, a Yankee special advisor, the man who was literally, the timing is godly. That timing of George Steinbrenner sweeping him up off the street after he graffitied and taking him into the Yankee family, that's divine timing on the Sunday pod. Well, yesterday, the Hispanic Heritage uh, Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame, honored him, inducted him, and squeegee the... Uh, one of the other Bat Boys, into the Hall of Fame. And Squeegee, of course, is now known as the guy who warmed up David Cohn during his perfect game. So I, I'm honored to know both of them. I am very proud of them. And um, great meeting uh, Miss Rachel Barcelona, B-A-R-C-E-L-L-O-N-A. She is Miss Tampa, actually. Uh, and she has autism. Well, I'm hoping to get her on the show soon enough. Um, and it was great to just see the crew up there. And it was fun to bring my dad up, you know, in this pandemic with everything going on around us. To still have the cluster, the immediate family after losing my aunt, Miriam, but to have the, the cluster here in New York here with me. It means so much, and I wake up grateful every day for it. Let's just, my mom, my stepdad, Vic, my dad, sister, Abby, and my friends and family, to have that, that and my cousins all on the island, to have my aunt in, uh, in Long Island as well, aunt in California, to wake up and know that they are living through this is, is still very special and very grateful. To live through a pandemic, by the way, on a day like today where I am 28 years old and 11 months, some might say I'm 28 and 11 months old, depending on the day, um, but for me to now survive a, uh, through a pandemic, it's not over. I keep thinking it's over, talking like it's over. It's not. So be safe. But to work through this pandemic, to to be living through it. That's that's a godly feeling, and it's something that I don't take for granted. And it it's taking for granted is something I'm going to talk about in just a second. How many years 
that we go to Yankee Stadium and we love it and not take it for granted. Well, on that hallow ground yesterday, I felt the spirit of George Steinbrenner and Hank. We did lose Hank this year uh, in his early 60s, by the way, really young. But I felt their spirit as Ray was honored. I looked at the facade, that that piece of the bridge that used to be up at the Yankee Stadium outfield wall, you know, above the outfield. I looked at that. I looked at the bat behind me, and I thought to myself, these are the physical memories. But what's on this hallowed ground, the old Yankee Stadium where Ray Negron was honored, is so special spiritual and so spirited and it's a spirit that we live on within ourselves because they stay with us the spirit of George Steinbrenner the spirit of Hank Steinbrenner if you're part of the Yankee family lives on and this is where I'm starting to really feel this idea that what if God is bringing us to spirituality through loss. I'm not saying he is killing everybody. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying, though, when people's time has been dramatically cut short or has come to cross over, the people that feel this loss and I especially always talk about the spirit. The spirit of Ruth Bader Ginsburg will live on on that court. The spirit of, and by the way, you have to watch the CNN documentary on her because all the things that she did on the court is why women became inspired to either join the court, to join the women's rights movement, to do something then stay at home. And I would say Ruth Bader Ginsburg led the way judicially in allowing the workplace to transform. And I love that. <laughs> and you should too, by the way. And so, and she was a constitutionalist. How much of a constitutionalist was she? I'll get into that in a minute. But what happened, what I've been feeling and noticing is that people are coming to spirituality through loss. Because they realize that the human spirit is always there with us. I think we're realizing it even more. So now my question is, if we are going to be spiritual after loss, how can we be spiritual during life? How can we really truly be better for one another um, during someone's existence on this planet? How do we work to stop kicking each other down in a time where fragility is real, where loss is real, And I, as I'm talking, I'm having flashbacks to talking to Hank Steinmeier just a few years ago. That's how closely, that's how recent he is in my memory a few years ago. Always pleasant, always great to talk to. 
always want to know how my dad and I and my family are doing. And that's very, that was very special. That is very special. Had lunch with him and Dylan Batantis and Ray Negron in Tampa in 2011. But so, the challenge now to me is if people could say her spirit's going to live on, she was a great person. Let's look at that in our own life. And I don't know how to come at this. I just know that I try and not take for granted any of the people around me and know that everyone is vulnerable. Somehow I've been closer to spirituality through this all because I'm feeling the spirit and I'm learning to, if I'm not doing it enough already, to continue to not take for granted the physical being of someone on this earth. But in the news, in life, people still get taken, you know, granted. And I'm here to challenge those who think or or, or know subconsciously <laughs> that they take someone for granted to stop. I'm here to say today if we can honor a spirit of someone living, uh, of someone who has just passed away, why not honor their spirit while they're here? How hard is that? Nothing is guaranteed anymore. And I'm normally positive, but this is just the reality. But how do you make positivity have that guarantee, that, that non-guarantee? You work harder to love them. You work harder to be there for them. And I guess the other key is not expecting anything in return. Just being there for them. That's how you can feel happier. It's saying, well, okay, I'm, I'm grieving a national icon today. Or I'm grieving the founder of the Yankees, George Simon, to this day, because I miss him. But I'm going to, you know, Ray took that grief and he's done something with it. He's not taken that for granted. He's talked about it. He's shared it. He's protected the legacy. And shared the legacy of George Steinberg. And so, <laughs> if you are grieving today, a loss of a loved one, a loss of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and you miss her spirit and her physical being. Look around you today and say, you know, even in this pandemic, in this quarantine, I'm still not taken the people I love. I've not worked hard enough to show them that. Come at it from that perspective. Because when you start really enveloping yourself in family and not worry about the external factors out there, you really become happier. Because you know 
you're doing, you're being, you're with the ones you love. And you're not like that song, Cats in the Cradle. It's a great song. But you're not saying, well, some, I don't know when, um, I'll be back later or whatever. You're not saying to someone anymore. When, when you decide to say, well, if I can mourn the, the life, the spirit, and the loss, the physical loss of someone, I too then can say, you know, those around me that are still here, I'm going to not take them for granted. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to be there for them the best I can. That will make you 1,000% happy. So I can't wait today, if I get to touch with my dad, to watch the Giants and the Bears. There may not be a place open to watch because we don't really go out to eat. But at least I got my little phone and I can just plug in the Giants and Bears on my phone and we can continue the New York-Chicago watching tradition. It's something that my dad and I have done for years. So I'm excited about that plan. But the um, the funny thing about that, if I can digress for a second, is I originally was going to do my own thing or something. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. It's the Bears. It's the Giants. It's also a chance to interview my dad. I'm really hoping to interview my father for this podcast. I really want to. It would be the trifecta. I'd have interview my mom, my stepdad Vic, and then my dad. That trifecta would be so special to me. You have no idea. No idea. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why do I want to wander around to some place where my dad isn't? Or why do I know? You know why do I want to go on? When the right and honestly the best thing to do, the fun thing to do is watch the Giants Bears. You know, since I was six months old, he's taken me to games. <clears throat> and especially today when I am literally a month away from turning 29. Why not spend the day with dad before work? That's kind of how I'm seeing it play out. But that that's God talking to me. That's God helping me realize, hey, you know, your dad's here and, uh, you know, you should watch the game with him. And I am totally in agreement. And I can't wait to. Even if there is no external place to watch, at least we watch it. By him, he doesn't have a TV, but we'll watch it in his place and, and enjoy it. So there's that. And I'm going to write about this because I, I really feel like if, if God's bringing us spiritually closer through spirit in general, through loss, then why not pick up the page, pick up the 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 torch or the mantle and say, all right. Well, then let's start honoring the spirit of those who are alive. Let's start really embracing the presence of those around us right now. Friends, family, loved ones, a lover if you have, a wife, husband if you have, kids. Let's... Stop looking for the external. Because 
internally, that's going to make us feel even more like ish. I almost said shit. Ish. You know why? Because when the external lets you down, you, you start wondering why. When the internal, when the in the family lights you up and you're so excited to be around them. I mean, we had an amazing Rosh Hashanah dinner on Friday night. Vic made amazing brisket. When you are around family and when you have been the last few months and your bond is strengthened through that quarantine, that's the internal validation. That's the that's the love you really want to be around. Makes the external feel like, well, why am I going after that? Why am I doing this and the other? No. Let's be the ones to not say, well, I'm sad that she or he is gone. Let's be the ones that say, I am so glad of the time I got to spend with my family, with my friends, with my loved ones. And keep your word to them. That's the other thing about it. Keep your word. And let me tell you, the more you grow with family, you will find that stable partner you look for. I, I truly believe that. But I think loving oneself first is loving those around them first. And being there for them the best you can. And then one other thought I had today uh, about RBG. She actually took a lot of time in the scene and documentary about her. They, they highlight a lot of things. She actually took her time to look inside the sections of the amendment. It wasn't just like the 14th Amendment she looked at. She looked at the, the line that says there's equal protection of law and wanted that gender equality for women. And, I mean, the strides she took, the glasses, ceilings she broke for so many. Including the, those who fought alongside her for wins. It was impressive to watch. It was very impressive to watch. And, I happened to look up some amendments that I was interested in. And of course, the, the one that's been bantied about, talked about, is the 25th Amendment, which is the president out of office if he's unable to do his duties. There's been a lot of talk about that. Congress hasn't done that. Um, they just are trying to get to November. But I, I wanted to just tell you one line that I thought was great from Politico, because this this... And this was back in 2018 it was written. But it's hilarious. Can I, can I share a little humor to end this dark weekend of now debates? Can I, can I share a little humor? 
Joshua Zeitz, who is a political magazine contributor, editor, author of Building the Great Society inside Lyndon Johnson's White House. Follow with Joshua Zeitz. Joshua M. Zeitz. He said... <laughs> The framers of the Constitution agreed that it could be evoked, invoked to remove a president who suffered mental illness that led them lapse into a state of delusion or unreason. But not a president who already demonstrated those traits when those, when the people in their wisdom elected him to office. Okay, so he digs at Trump. But I think this is hilarious. This is the next slide. It didn't occur to Congress that Americans might need an amendment to protect themselves from their own court. The snarkiness that he wrote that with, the utter sarcasm it feels like he wrote that with. Oh man, that was a good lie. It didn't occur to Congress to protect us from our own poor judgment. <laughs> and well, whether you know, I can't, I can't say. I mean, I can say sometimes I feel like people who vote for Trump didn't inform themselves enough. I tried to vote with information. I'm trying to vote for information now. In fact, that is one of the key parts of this election. Underneath the debate is going to truly be informing each other and informing one another. And how do we do that? We do that through dialogue. Ruth Bader Ginsburg dissented so many times. She didn't even want to be a dissenter on the court, but she ended up being so. Because she wanted to have that dialogue of, yes, we're not going to stand for this right now on the Supreme Court. But in our own lives, as the election comes closer, maybe her passing inspires us to dissent, to have dialogue, to literally make our own oral arguments, but at the same time, listen. This this year cannot end in much more chaos, can it? I mean, this year cannot continue spiraling, can it? So stay informed, stay up to date, stay with it. She was informed. And I would say those who say, oh, Trump's just on the other, inform yourself on what he's actually done. There, there is a lot of disinformation almost every day from either side. I'll guarantee, I'll give you that. But you know, just blaming the disinformation is so lazy to me. Find the information then. She did. Ruth Bader Ginsburg found the information in the Constitution. That's how she built up her career by going to law school. She didn't say, well, they told me this. That's, that's disinformation. I'm not going to go further. She went further. She examined every article of the Constitution. She didn't say, well, that's disinformation. And let's leave it at that. 
It's like, no. I want to know what's really going on here. And that's the mentality we need to have this coming November in this spirit of RBG. In the spirit of electoral freedom, too, I would say. Well, I hope this has been good. I, I feel like I'm missing something, to be very real with you, but I, I can't figure out. I just know that my main point today is, yes, God is bringing us toward spirituality through loss, which means God can bring us closer to spirituality through life as well. We just, again, have to work for it, have to see through the disinformation. We might even hear about someone who's living right now in our own lives. See through it, work through it, get get away from it. See people's spirits for themselves right now as they are on this earth. It's only fair. It's only right. It's only just. And in a weekend when we talk about justice, Supreme Court justice with Bader Ginsburg, being just is arguably the best thing we can be. In our family and friends' eyes. In God's eyes. And internally, I think we'd be a lot more happier if we just were just. I'm Alex Garrett. Have a great rest of your Sunday. NFL Week 2, Giants-Bears. Looking for a Giants win here. Uh, You know, the Jets play today as well after that debacle last week. Um, Let me tell you who they're playing. They play the Niners out over here at MetLife Stadium. Their quote-unquote home opener, even though no one's there. So, we'll have to see. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon. And prayers for the two, for the 14th Street Station as an A-train has been derailed just a few minutes ago. Citizen reporting that. And um, prayers for those on that A-train and those at the 14th Street, 8th Avenue Station. I'm Alex Garrett. Again, be just. And be grateful. Have a great day.